Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded Taurus, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle is a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together, we'll feel inspired. We may learn something new. We'll learn to trust in spirit. And don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay. Hello, everybody. Oh my goodness. I feel like it's been so long. Thank you for being so patient with me in waiting until the next episode came out. I know I've got a few messages and people reached out and just being so kind and asking, is everything okay? We haven't heard from you for a while. You guys are not wrong. I've been kind of falling behind with the podcasting and with the editing. And honestly, this new year, so I'm recording this beginning of February. Since January, since the new year, I have been laying pretty low. I have been kind of like going more inwards, just trying to take things slow, which is different (laughs) for me because I'm somebody that I feel like I need to fill my schedule and it's definitely full, but I have been better with leaving a little bit of space. I have been better with not overextending what I can do, what I can put out there. And not feeling guilty as well. Like, like I don't like that feeling of falling behind because it, it just weighs on me. And I was really just trying to lean into not putting that pressure on myself. And um, yeah, and just kind of trust that whenever these episodes come out, it will be the pr- most perfect timing that they're meant to come out. I am excited to put out more episodes for you guys. I am so excited to share. I have, I'm excited about the new ones that I have recorded. Also, my fiance being home for like half of January as well didn't help. It didn't help me keep up with my work. I've definitely fallen behind in some things. But at the same time, it's been nice to spend some quality time together. It's just been like very nice um, in that way. So I think there's sometimes it's just hard to do everything. Work-life balance, right? So Sometimes I'll have the the flow of podcasting and sometimes I'll have a flow of doing, spending time with my fiance and sometimes I'll have a work flow and yeah, I just got to keep up with the life, the flows of life and not to feel guilty and to think that you're not doing enough, you know? And I think that apparently that's a message that's coming through today um, for all of you guys. But yeah, I'm sending so much love to you guys and happy new year. But yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I am looking at planning some events for March. Um, so I just can't wait to get back into doing in-person events for sound baths and also some online sound bath events. I love the events. I yeah, once you do them, it's like you want to do another one, you want to do another one. And and I've been thinking about that too in the back of my mind, like, oh, I just want to book another event. I really want to plan an event. I know there's been some of you guys asking for them. I won't chat too much before today's episode. I'm just wishing everybody a happy new year. And it's weird saying that in February. So 
but it's still the beginning of the new year. And we have the Lunar New Year coming up, which is in April. So I think we are planning like a girls meet up spiritual witch party <laughs> that day. We don't know what we're doing yet, but, um, you know, there might be some manifestation boards. There might be some games, some board games, might be some karaoke, who knows. But I think there'll be a few of us just celebrating the new year of the, the lunar new year cycle. So if you are somebody who you're like, you know, you don't really resonate with January as being the new year. I'm not an astrologist, but there is the technical new year in astrology, which is in April, which is Aries season. If you're waiting for like a burst of energy and that new year energy that you've been been trying to tune into that maybe you haven't felt yet, just know that that's just around the corner. So that's a great time to celebrate your new year or celebrate again. (laughs) If you've already celebrated in January, you could celebrate it twice. But yeah, other than that, there's not nothing else much new over on this side of the world. This has been the warmest winter ever, and I'm kind of sad about that. I, If you know me well, I love the snow, so I'm manifesting some more snow. And yeah, I've been busy tr- planning my trip to Europe in May, so I know a couple of you guys were asking about the mentorships. I... I am away in May, so I most likely won't be taking any clients in the whole month of May as just a heads up. So if you're hoping to get into a session or Reiki, mediumship, sound healing, my mentorships, um, I probably won't start the next round of mentorships until June. I just started um, this round in February, and they they usually run about three months long. So if you want to get on the wait list for that, um, they're is and should be a link on my Instagram bio at Soul Connections with Michelle. And if you ha- or you can add, sign up for my newsletter um, on my website and you could sign up there. But I'll just be taking a certain small number of people, probably five people. Sometimes the people that I'm working with right now, they get first dibs if they want to continue the mentorship. So then that will leave that usually leaves less spots available. Just to throw that in there in case mentorship is something that you're interested in and you are manifesting it for this year, that's definitely an option. I got to interview Stephanie Bowman. She is a sound practitioner, meditation instructor, one-on-one mentor from Vancouver, BC. So she's a local girly. We have never met in person. Well, we have now, <laughs> now, but when I recorded the episode, we never met in person. I've only attended her two sound baths um, that were over Zoom. They were amazing. And she's just such a sweetheart. You guys are going to love her. And she's been doing sound healing for for so long. She's got a lot of knowledge. And I just was excited to kind of ask her all the questions and how she's gotten to where she is today. And, you know, she's hosting multiple events every week. If you live in Vancouver, you'll recognize her name because... She is well known in the community. Enjoy today's conversation. We touch on everything sound healing. If you've never been to a sound bath, this will be a great episode to learn a little bit about it. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi. Hi. I love this background. I love like, the, is that a mirror or is that a window? 
it's a mirror. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can see I still have my Christmas tree. It's completely dead. <laughs> I just took mine down, so I'm right there with you. Oh, yeah. It was so nice to keep up because I just got so used to the beautiful Christmas light. So I was like, um, but I just took it down like two days ago. So and everything just feels so empty. <laughs> I know. I honestly like I had to put my I, my cat has like a litter box that has like trees growing out of it. And I had to put that there just to like <laughs> add something to that corner that I didn't realize was so empty before the Christmas tree went away. But here we are. Happens every year. I know. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're- so sweet to invite. I was so glad that you reached out and wanted to connect because I think that what you're doing is is such a beautiful offering as well. So thank you for having me on. Of course. I'm excited. I haven't had anyone on to specifically like dive into like sound healing. My sound healing journey started probably like a year ago, actually this Mm -hmm. month. So I bought a couple of bowls and um, I took a couple of sessions um, with somebody locally. um, And then I just kind of brought the bowls into my own meditations and kind of like started to connect with them in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so curious, like, how did you get into sound therapy? Did you first attend a sound bath? And then you're like, this is so cool. I want to learn. Yeah. uh, So it's about um, six years ago now. And I had just gone through a horrible breakup. There were so many things with my health that were going wrong at the exact same time. And I felt like it had become such an overload and I was suffering from a lot of anxiety and a lot of panic attacks at the time. And one of my friends had recommended trying sound healing. And one of the things that I was struggling with, with my anxiety, and I think had probably gone down a road of a bit of depression too, was I had become kind of almost numb. Like my body wasn't processing emotions. I wasn't, I, I wasn't crying. I wasn't upset. I was just feeling nothing. Um, and so I did get invited to a sound bath. During the sound bath, I noticed I had some tears like rolling down my face. And it was the first time I had had some kind of emotional release in, I think it was nine months. And following that sound bath, I felt like I had an overwhelming amount of release for the loss of my partner, for all the health issues that I was having, um, and for kind of the direction that my life had gone. And it was it was in that moment that I was just like, okay, like there might actually be something to this sound thing. And so I started to kind of go a lot more. And then I started to go even more. I think I was attending like two sound baths a day for um, a few weeks straight anyways. And then COVID happened. And so everything shut down. That's when we were in lockdown. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't lose like the sound baths. Like this is what's keeping me sustained. So I bought my own set of bowls. Uh, started playing on my own and incorporating that into my day to day, and then um, eventually, following that, I was started making posts and created herbs and waves, and that's when I started to get invited to host in person sound bath events. That was kind of my journey into it. Mm, wow, sound healing is so powerful because it really like connects you with your body, right? It like allows like different emotions to come up, maybe like trapped emotions that just kind of stay in certain places and sound therapy just kind of shakes everything up a little bit and helps like move it around. Yeah. And I tell like all my clients and and people that attend my sound baths, even if you struggle with meditation and you can't quiet the mind, the body is getting all of the benefits of the sound bath, whether you're awake, whether you're asleep, whether you can focus or not, because we have 
um, these tiny little cilia all throughout our entire body. They're specifically meant to pick up different vibrations. Um, so when we do have things stored, when we do have energy stuck, our body is able to kind of work those things out. Um, so even if we don't even realize that we've stored trauma or emotion, or in my case, like my breakup that I just wasn't processing, the sound and the vibrations actually help to release and move those stagnant energies through the body. So it's such a, a beautiful um, thing to kind of bring into our meditations, into our lives, even just like, you know, for something beautiful to listen to. Yeah, it's such a beautiful healing modality and definitely connects us with our body for yeah. sure. <laughs> super like detoxifying at the same time yeah. I think, as well has kind of like the same energy as that. So after your first few sound baths, how has that packed your life? Like, were you, were you feeling like, like you processed the emotions already and you were able to kind of move, move forward and like clear your mind and like more like feeling like you found your purpose or more clarity? Like, how would you describe that after? So, um, before sound baths, when I was going through all my dis- anxiety and depression, I-, I started going on medication, which was actually screwing my gut health like entirely, like just messing up my gut health. Um, and I didn't really find the medication to be working. So slowly over time with more sound baths, I found I was able to wean myself off the medication until I no longer felt like I needed it anymore. And then the anxiety started to go away. And I mean, I think like I just posted recently on my Instagram that like some anxiety has started to come up and and how I've been able to kind of locate where it's coming from. But for the last five years, I don't know if anxiety showed up at all during my practice of sound meditation. So it was just a beautiful awakening into what this kind of healing can actually do to the body and how you know, we don't need to be reaching for, you know, the people in a in the lab coat to help fix us all the time. Well, we have modalities that we can do right in our home just for ourselves. You know, we don't need to reach for the medication. We don't need to reach, mind you, a hundred percent. There's definitely reasons to take medication and they can be super helpful. But it was a wake-up call for me to realize that there are other ways that I can work through these things, work through my things that I was struggling with, with my mental health in regards to the body in general, um, just noticing the amount of stress release that I get from sound healing, the amount, like when I do a sound bath, my brain fog lifts. It's amazing for circulation, like so many good things. It was honestly probably the beginning of my route through natural healing, which I've been working with a lot lately. And We'll start to share more on my my Instagram, but yeah, it was that was, it was the catalyst for finding natural modalities to kind of heal my body. Amazing! So that came first, and then what followed that was that Reiki after that followed. Yeah, so Reiki came afterwards, and I remember having a sound bath with Reiki included one day, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I felt like almost like this. Uh, for lack of better ex- explanation, this is my first time experiencing Reiki. It was almost like a rush of butterflies kind of flowing through my body, like the butterfly feeling that you get, but mm-hmm. a rush going from head to toe, like where she placed her hands. And I just felt so much lighter and brighter and tighter going into the rest of my weekend that week. And I was like, okay, there's something to this too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I started to um, explore more Reiki and I decided to get attuned with Reiki for myself so that I could heal myself and then take that step further so that I could work on animals because I'm a huge animal lover as well as other clients as well. 
I mean, I'm, I'm a huge science buff as well. So I'm always kind of looking into the, well, why does this work? Why does this? And, and they're starting to do so much research on energy healing, especially sound right now, but even just with Reiki and it's now offered. And I think, I uh, don't quote me, but I think about 290 different hospitals in North America currently because of the amazing benefits that they're noticing that it provides. So Reiki did come second. Yeah. We're so nicely together, both of those modalities. Like anytime I bring Reiki into uh, my sound healing, people are like, I'm literally floating on a cloud. Like, what is happening? I'm like, yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's, and, and that's the thing is like with sound, Reiki, acupuncture, um, any kind of energetic healing, like they're so complementary to one another, even uh, conscious eating, like the things that you're eating, like everything that we're putting on and in our body. Incorporated with beautiful healing modalities, like they're so complementary to one another. Especially when you're providing like a session for Reiki and sound, where there's so much clearing. I always say, like if you start with like a Reiki healing, Reiki is clearing out the space within the body. It's making like that room. It's adding energy where the body needs it, and then sound almost kind of washes everything away. You finish off with a sound bath, and it's like finishing off with like a warm hug and seals the deal for such a solid foundation. I I love combining the two. They're perfect. I love that you do that too because it's I find anyways that it's so nice to kind of combine the healing modalities. And I've even started doing um, collaborations with breathwork instructors where we'll, we'll have breathwork and during the breathwork kind of supporting them with Reiki. And I find so much emotional release happens with the clients when you can see kind of they're struggling through the breathwork. And the moment you place their hands, your hands along certain parts of their body, that's when they get their emotional release. You can breathe with them and then you finish off with like a sound bath. It's just chef's cat. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love how you mentioned where like with sound baths, like even if you're somebody that has a hard time meditating and getting out of your busy mind, it's still doing the work. And I, that's one thing that people are like, what's your favorite part? I'm like, I just love the sound baths because it's great for people that don't meditate or they're like, how do I do it? Because I'm like, it's simple. Lay down, close your eyes. And all you have to do is listen. <laughs> it's like, and it's kind of like, it, listening to like something for me personally really helps me to from like having my mind not like wander and like okay what do I have to do after this like did I call this person back and it's just like when you're listening to something it kind of it distracts you in the way where you get like all the benefits so I love that about sound healing mm -hmm. and um that's funny that you you mentioned that too because for people that struggle with meditation in general the great thing about the bowls is they literally relax and recalibrate the nervous system and especially if you get into binaural beats and you start um, playing around with those frequencies it pushes the brain into a deep felt deep theta delta brainwave state so that deep state i call it the happy place where you're not quite sure if you're dreaming you're not quite sure if you're awake you might feel like you're floating or having an out-of-body experience but it almost does take you out of that you know the the list that we're creating in our minds that oh my god i gotta do this tomorrow and all the you know, the busyness that goes on, it takes you out of that and places you into a deep state of meditation so that you can get all those benefits and you do reach that place of homeostasis, which I love. So if people are struggling with, I, you know, I'm trying meditation, but I'm, I'm just struggling, throwing on some binaural beats in the background, attending some sound baths and practicing the meditation, like it's such a, a great way to, to get your foot in the door of meditation in general. Yeah, completely. And even like on Spotify, you can find like, um, I think you can find like playlists that have the sound bowls in them too. So 
that can be like a nice introduction. And then, but I was like saying like going to a sound bath is always a little bit different. Yeah. When, when you do sound therapy, like do you do it for yourself or do you prefer to go to other like sound baths because it's just a different experience in that way? Or do you do both? Um, so I do do both. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll play my bowls, um, for myself. However, there is a different level of, ah, uh, when you get to be the receiver of someone else's gift. And it kind of feels like, like when I take myself to a sound bath, like that's like my date night. Like I get so excited. Like I get all my comfy stuff. I bring my crystals. I bring my essential oils. Like that's like my me time. And I find when I get to treat myself, to that and just totally receive and and almost submit and surrender to the experience it's it's so beautiful however even when i'm if i'm playing the bulls for other people i'm noticing the benefits um mentally anyways while i'm playing anyway so i find when i am playing i'm, I'm getting a lot of the benefits and i always tell my clients should any of them open their eyes and look at me at any time, like they'll see, like sometimes my like eyes are like my head's like falling back. Cause like, I'm noticing like even I'm dozing off during like the deep binaural beats and the deep sounds, because they're so grounding. Actually, like when you, when you do get into those deep grounding notes, like the, the bigger the bowl, the, the deeper and the more grounding it's going to be. But when I, I do work with a lot of deeper sounds and a lot of binaural beats and, and I can feel my eyes almost like rolling back and having to shake my head and like get back into it. So yeah, I do the benefits when I do play Samus and I'm, I'm averaging about two events a week. So I feel like that's enough for me playing. So when I do want to enjoy, it's nice to go and check out how other, you know, sound healers are doing it and hear their bowls. And I'm a huge fan of gongs. So anytime I can attend a sound bath where there's a gong, I'm into it for sure. Do you use gongs for your own sound baths? I don't, but it, it, it not because I don't want to, because I haven't bought one yet. Um, it is on my list. I still have um, three bowls that I want to finish my endocrine set. And then the next thing on the list is a gong. So you can realistically buy different bowls for um, if you kind of want to focus more on the chakras. And then if you work into um, sharp notes, so A sharp, D sharp, et cetera, that's correlating more so with the endocrine system, um, which I love. So that's kind of the set that I'm creating now. But eventually we will work a gong into the mix. That's 100% non-negotiable for sure. Yeah. So I guess a little bit for anybody who's like, what is a sound bath? Like, what are these bulls that these these ladies are talking about today? So um, maybe to talk a little bit about that. So as you said, um, you want to finish off your set. So do you currently have um, four crystal bulls? Uh, so I currently have seven. Um, I have part of them are frosted uh, quartz. The other, the two currently that I have, which is the start of my new set are um, they're called alchemy bowls. So they're infused with precious metals, crystals. I have one that's infused with kyanite and another that is infused with sacred ash from fire ceremonies in, uh, in uh, India. So wow. all those blessings and all of those prayers that they sent out to the gods in those ceremonies, all of that ash is collected and it's poured into the bowl. So they say that all of those blessings from those ceremonies while I play has a specific frequency that emits those blessings out to the client. So that one is my favorite bowl so far because it's super special. Where did um, you get that one? That sounds uh, like very rare. <laughs> <laughs> well they're they're they do make a few of them. They're it's a place called Crystal Tones. If you're buying alchemy bowls, I I highly suggest checking out Crystal Tones. They're they're in uh Utah. Um and just 
elegantly made bowls and um, they can create beautiful sets for you as well. Alchemy bowls are, are can be quite more expensive, um, but I feel um, you get to create such a deep connection with each different crystal and, and pick crystals that you love. Like my one bowl, which unfortunately uh, no longer exists because I broke it, was my smoky quartz. <laughs> um, but that was my favorite. And I have such an affinity with smoky quartz. It, you can't really see, but behind me on my bookshelf, there's just tons of smoky quartz crystals. Um, but that's the fun thing about alchemy bowls is you can, um, you know, buy crystals that you resonate with. If you're a rose quartz fan, if you're a, um, you know, what else is a big one? Uh, amethyst fan. You can always find beautiful bowls to incorporate that that also have those those crystals in it. So I do have seven currently um, working into a full alchemy set. For the endocrine system, um, it's a total of five bowls, um, but I want to add one more because I do want to create a binaural beat within that set. So it'll be five plus one, so six. We'll have six. And then uh, then the gong will come into play. At least one gong just because it, it is such a beautiful addition um, and has a, such a beautiful frequency note too and can be very powerful. Um, so that's, that's, that's what's coming hopefully this year. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Yeah, there's always always more that you can add into your sound bath. <laughs> Would you have any recommendations for somebody, like which bowls to buy if they're just starting out and they maybe maybe you can only grab like a couple? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're in the local area, um, there's a beautiful store on Granville Island that sells bowls and they sell them individually, and they might even be able to help you create a set. However, I would say if you're starting out and you're not quite sure what kind of bowls you want, it's totally okay to start with frosted quartz. And you might even resonate more with frosted quartz. I did for the first two years of my career. I was all about the frosted quartz bowls. I loved the white. I loved how they looked. I love how they sound. They're so sturdy. Um, so Crystal Tones in Utah makes uh, frosted quartz bowls as well. And they're amazing quality. The resonance is, is wild. And you can buy them individually. And you can also buy them as a set as well. I think the set will put you maybe around just over two grand um, for seven, uh, which is a full chakra set. Um, but you can also buy them individually. But if you aren't wanting to spend that much money, which is totally fine, there are other options. You can you can find bowls on Amazon as well. And they're not going to resonate as long as a crystal bowl for crystal tones will. You might not get the perfect pitch or frequency, but they still work beautifully. Um, they still have beautiful magic. They sound lovely still. And then and then you're looking at more of like a starting price. And from there, you can always upgrade later, you know, get like three bowls to start you off, practice with those three bowls, create a relationship with those bowls. And when you're ready, you can start, you know, at like buying a new set for crystal tones. You can find a crystal um, bowl broker. And can just continuing to to upgrade your set the more you play and and when you realize you know what kind of things resonate with you you might end up going with an alchemy set instead so there are different ways that you can you can find decent bowls my my first three bowls were from amazon so and they and they were great um they were lovely and um yeah so highly recommend what's the store called on granville island gondharva they have so many different instruments they have all the chimes the chimes that i work with koshi chimes they also sell those there um they have oh my god um hand pans they have so many things rain sticks wave no, i've never heard of this place i would 
Oh my gosh, you gotta go. It's the chimes. I like I like going like I've seen the ones on Amazon, but then I like going into person just to play it because I want to hear it before I buy it. Um, so I do yeah. like the Banyan books, and I usually um got my I got all my crystal frosted bowls there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll check out that place. And it is nice. That's the one thing about Amazon is you can't you won't be able to hear them play before you buy them. Uh, crystal tones, they'll actually send you a video of your bowls so that you can make a decision beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, definitely making sh- you know it's nice if you're gonna spend the extra dollar, you want to make sure that you're listening and that you resonate with with the bowls before you buy. And something so interesting is when I bought my first couple bowls, they're like, you can take it home, try it out. You know, it's like you can return it if it doesn't resonate with your other bowls. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, sometimes you'll get the same tone or pitch in each bowl, but then you bring it home and it doesn't sound good with the other bowls. It's almost like, okay, I'm going to bring these uh, home with me see if they get along with my other ones. (laughs) Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's as like, I, I actually learned that, um, by buying like a couple bowls and there, there are some bowls in my set that I'll play them. I'm like, like I know right away. I'm like, okay, those two don't play together. Um, but it's fine because in my current set, they play beautifully with something else. And so I do have, um, different variations that I, that I play around with during my sound baths. Um, but when I do finish that, that endocrine set that I'm working for, they, they will all harmonize very beautifully together. Um, but that's very true. Sometimes they just don't, Sometimes you, they just, especially sometimes if you get a sharp note and and like a flat note, it just, you can tell it's off. And I feel most people's intuition would, would be able to tell that, that something doesn't sound right. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that's just part of like <laughs> learning and playing and creating that relationship with the bulls. But that's, yeah, I heard that um, uh, Banyan does do that, which is awesome. Like that's such a good business model and, and such a great thing to do. Do you think somebody has to be like like musically talented to do sound healing? Uh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I feel like we all have an an intuition. You know what I mean? Every single person has an intuition. So what I play may not resonate with someone else. So, like, so I might I'm I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know what I mean? Some people are like, I didn't really like those sounds, and to me, I'm like, oh my god, I love those sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's whatever is uniquely special to you, and as you play it's not too crazy. You, you kind of learn basically the basic handholds and, and what you can do with the bowls and the different ways to play them. You don't need to, to know, you know, music theory to, to understand how to play them. And, and realistically, um, using your intuition, you can, you can hear, like you'll, you'll know when you play, if something's resonating with you or not, you'll know if, if you can feel it, you'll know if something feels off, you'll know if you're not making a connection with a certain bowl because you just won't be playing it that much. And if you find like, you're like, I'm really not playing that bowl. Like, what is the reason? Is it, is it cause I'm not resonating with the frequency? Is it cause it's not playing well with my other bowls? Um, but yeah, yeah, you'll know. I have one of those bowls. I'm like, can I return it? It's like, <laughs> I'm like, I just don't really love it. <laughs> you do like a, a little giveaway <laughs> for the bowl, you know, someone was, someone else will, will love it. But yeah, no, I, I have the same. Once I start um, getting the rest of my bowls, there, there will be a couple that will find new homes because I, I just like you, like I, there are some that I'm just like, I just, I'm not resonating with it anymore. Or maybe I did in the past and now I'm, I'm realizing, you know, different alchemies that are, that are suited to, to where I am now. So it happens. It happens. Just find them new, new homes and someone will love them to that, you know? Totally. So oh, back to like buying the bowls, like if somebody was to only 
be able to get three at a time, like for the chakras, like what three chakras do you think that people should um, get for the first three? And then how would they, or I guess like, yeah, which one to get first, which one to get second, and then make their way up? What would what would be the last chakra that somebody should get? Or does that matter? I don't think it matters too, too much. It's, it's more of, again, like an, an intuitive thing. Like for me, I felt like with my life, I needed grounding. So I was looking for the root chakra. So C, I was looking for a sacral chakra, which is D. Like a lot of the 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 lower chakras to help keep me rooted um, was what I really needed. But other people may feel like, you know what? Like, I feel like I really want to expand my intuition. I want to expand my connection with my highest self, which would be maybe more connected with the crown chakra, which is B, or the um, third eye chakra, which would be A. Um, so it totally depends. Um, the only thing, if you're buying three, and if you do want to keep it m- to a more musically inclined um, way of thinking, I always say if you're buying bowls in three, try to create an interval. So that's three notes that harmonize with one another. So F-A-C is an example of an interval. So if you are buying three um, and you really want those three to to harmonize well, um, I would say Google different three note uh, intervals um, and then pick one of those intervals and and work with those three. So FAC was the first one that I bought. Um, and they just that those three notes in general just harmonize really well together. So that would be a good place to start. Maybe you're like, OK, I really want the root chakra. So then you find two other notes that create that music interval um with the root chakra so at least you're getting the one that you really really want um so it was the heart and then i also started with the third eye so we had the root heart and third eye which is great because it ended up being um you know tip top of the body right in the middle and at the very bottom so it was fun to play around um with those three that's kind of the advice that i got to when i was like which bowls to buy they're like for sure like you want to you don't want to get like all the top three chakras all the three <laughs> bottoms you kind of want there to be like one top one bottom but yeah. yeah, the grounding one I have is my biggest bowl. What size is the the biggest one? Um, I think it's 14. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, nice and deep. Yeah. What's your <laughs> biggest bowl? It's 12. It's 12. Um, but I I rent out a studio in Yale Town and they have I probably about 10 or 12 bowls already set up that you get to play with. And sometimes I'll bring extras, but their biggest bowl is like 22. And I'm just like, yes, <laughs> the red, like the way that that resonates and like you can, you can feel it like in every single center of your body. It's so deep and so rich and magical. I love, I love playing with the deep bowls, but people who join my sound bass, you'll, you'll know that it, there is um, like a very deeper tone that comes with the, with the sounds that I play just because I do have. I, I like the bigger bowls. I love the deep grounding sounds. So yeah, that's kind of my jam. Is that is that Mandala, the place in Yale Town? Uh, uh, no, um, I do love that place though. Um, it's called the Serenity Space and it's relatively new. It's beautiful. Um, I will be hosting um, an event there February 22nd, I think. So stay tuned, but um, a beautiful, beautiful space. And they have... Um, what else do they have there? They have a harp. They have like a, they have a drum and they have a whole bunch of bowls that you can play with. And then, then I bring um, a couple of mine just so it's nice to have like a personal connection with what I'm playing. 
Um, but yeah, they got like just a massive, like massive, massive one on the, on the side that just (laughs) starting a sound bath with that is just so like deep and I don't want to say ominous, but like (laughs) it was this beautiful, rich groundingness. It's, it's awesome. A great space for people who are, um, even wanting to, to rent a space to, to host events. If anybody's local, um, even you, if you're like, Mm-hmm. yeah and it's also great for people who don't have a full set and they're like ah oh, yeah there's serenity space check them out on instagram yeah. um they have a whole bunch of bowls that you can play with and it's it's awesome awesome space right meal town nice yeah because um, <laughs> transporting those bowls it's like no. the whole thing itself of like oh my gosh you don't want to break anything and got to get the wagon out so so many things we could chat about but or like what are some things people are like wondering before they go to a sound bath, if it's their first time, it's like, is there anything they have to look out for health-wise, concerns, anything like that? Uh, so for a medical standpoint, I always let clients know that sound healing isn't meant to heal or cure. Um, and, and, and always contact a physician if you have a health issue that, that's, that's arising. However, it does promote healing and wellness within the body and can create the space for healing. Um, and again, like you said, it's complementary to so many other things. If you're um, in the early stages of pregnancy, like the gongs might be a little bit too much. Um, so I think it was it was good to wait 120 days into the pregnancy before attending a gong bath. However, the bowls are a beautiful and gentle frequency for mother and baby. Mm. Okay, so pregnancies are okay, just not for gongs and not within the first 120 days. I'm going to... I'm, I ha- I actually wrote this down um, in, uh, I have it right here, pregnancy. Um, so always make sure that they see, re- receive clearance from their doctor. Um, it is not recommended to play a gong for a woman in her first 120 days of pregnancy as it can be quite intense um, and has a clearing energy. So you don't want to be clearing anything during early stages of pregnancy, um, which is why certain breath works are also um, not advised if you're pregnant or if you're um, menstruating as a woman. Um, so the crystal bowls are very gentle and are a wonderful way for an expectant mother to relax, reset her nervous system, release anxiety, and find a deep level of inner peace. So good for baby and mom. Um, be mindful of the gongs. That's what I would say. Um, if you have hearing aids um, or metal stents within the body, making sure to take the hearing aids out because it can be too much. Um, so that on a medical standpoint um, is something to know if that's your first sound bath and you do have any of those things going on. On a more spiritual standpoint, I know dependent, even on dependent where I am in my life, not, I was probably like uh, in December, I attended a sound bath and I had a panic attack. And I was like, like, what's going on? I had to actually like sit up and like start breathing. And, and, you know, there was a lot going on in my life. And I was like, okay, wow. Like the, the bowls, because they do move energies and, and they do help release stagnant emotions that our body does store. Those things may come up. And hopefully, um, the facilitator has provided a safe space for you to be able to process those emotions. And, and sometimes you will cry during a sun bath. Sometimes like me, like I had an anxiety attack. It happened. Those things happen because our body is moving energies and we do store emotions and traumas within our body. So while the, the bowls are being played, while the gongs and, and instruments are, are being played and, and our body's frequency is starting to entrain to the frequency of the bowls, things are going to get moved around. Um, you may be faced with um, some emotions that you're not comfortable with. But I always say um, just knowing that those sensations are normal 
Um, and it's just your body's way of trying to release things that aren't serving you um, to hopefully leave you feeling a little bit lighter going into um, the rest of your day, going into the rest of your week. So just being mindful of those things and, and knowing that lots of sensations can come up within the body as well. So just tuning in to how you're feeling. And, and I always say, come back to the breath. A lot of times we can tense up if we're feeling anxious or we're feeling like our, uh, we're not allowing ourselves to release emotions. So I always say, just coming back to the breath, if you feel like your body is starting to tense up, just giving yourself the permission to surrender and and relax and breathe back into it. And if at any point you feel com- uncomfortable, you're, you know, you can turn over, you can sit up. Um, of course, if you're suffering so much and you're like, I gotta get out of here, you're more than welcome to leave. I, I don't think I've had that before yet but i mean it's always a possibility someone may be going through a lot and and the bulls may be bringing it up you know sound healing is is a gentle therapy and 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 just just honoring wherever you're at in the moment and and taking whatever you need okay what about like any mental illnesses i know that comes up often people often ask me about i haven't heard of sound therapy being negative like having any negative benefits however i would question for people who suffer from ptsd from certain sounds it might bring something up um but because the bulls are so gentle i would imagine that it would it would be um a beautiful addition obviously like if if you if you are suffering from from forms of depression or PTSD, making sure that you're you're seeking counsel and and therapy as well, and and knowing that sound therapy um, could be a beautiful addition to whatever wellness journey that you're on. Mm-hmm. It definitely it's definitely it's definitely a beautiful addition to anything. I wouldn't say it is a means to replace um, anything that you're currently doing. It's a beautiful addition to invite into your your healing journey. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's, I think that will help people. But um, I think just it's natural for people to have precautions and for us to explain a little bit of like, uh, what to look out for and how your body could react so that those are all really good things to chat about. And especially like you explaining what happened with your panic attack, just like and how to connect back with your breath. I think that's super important. There was somebody I did a sound healing not too long ago. And um for some reason, like she's just kept saying, she's like, oh my gosh, okay, so my, my my one left leg was like twitching the entire time. She's like, my other side of my leg wasn't, but my other leg couldn't calm down. And then like the sound bath, like a couple of weeks later, it was like her, I think it was her opposite leg, but it was only like one leg at a time. But she's like, I literally <laughs> felt like something was like being pulled out of my leg, like energy. It just couldn't settle down. Like does, does that like, typically come up a lot for you? Always. Like I'm, I'm either seeing people are like, oh, like, like this was vibrating or, um, you can get a lot of tingling and heat sensations within the palms of your hands and your feet, because that's where our energy, pardon me, releases from. Um, so a lot of people get those heavy sensations and a lot of sensations in their hands and feet because our energy, you think of it as an extension from the heart, our blood pump is out, pumps out, our energy kind of releases that way as well. Um, you may also get a lot of sensations on the top of the head. I feel a lot of tightness when I go, uh, which can also be uh, a chakra-related blockage as well on the top of the crown. But when people have left or right sides, it can also um, relate to feminine, feminine and masculine um, things that have happened, traumas, feminine things that need to be worked on. If if you've been 
women, if we've been repressing our our femininity because we've had to um, these last, you know, how many decades we've we've really stepped into like a masculine state because taking care of ourselves and 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 trying to stand on our our own two feet. Um, so we may have repressed a lot of our femininity. Um, which can come up and and show as part of either your left or your right side of the body may be telling you it needs more attention or this is blocked. Please help open me up. Please help bring that symbiosis of masculine and, and, and feminine back together as well. We also store emotions in different parts of our bodies. We tend to store a lot, especially women, trauma within our hips. Um, so a lot of people can get a lot of sensations within the hips, stress tends to manifest in the chest area, which is why you get that tightness in your chest. A lot of people, if they're nervous, can get red in the chest. If you've been struggling with communication um, or feeling like you've you've lost your voice, you haven't been able to speak up, your throat may feel t- tight or you may feel like you have that lump in your throat before you're about to cry. So that's totally, totally normal. And a sound bath can sometimes bring those things to the surface. So you might notice like, oh my God, my chest is like really tight during a sound bath. Or you might be like, oh my God, I felt like I had this burst of energy and my chest like opened up. And that's that's that beautiful release that can happen during the sound bath. Um, but it, it can be tough because our body instinctively wants to tense up and protect itself, um, which makes it tough to, to fully release sometimes. But yeah, body sensations are very, very common. The left side of your body harnesses feminine energy. Okay. Yes. The so right would be the masculine. Um, and yeah, so you might, uh, and there's also, uh, we also receive energy from our left and give energy through our right, um, which is also like an interesting thing for if you wanted to like send energy to someone else, like placing your hand on your heart and, and sending it through your right. I would say if it's, if it's, kind of concentrated to one side of the body or the other, that would be a good indicator that there's something going on um, with the way that you're expressing yourself. So yeah, a good, and that's, that's the great thing is, is sound healing does bring these things to the surface that you may not be aware of. And then allows you to, to sit down and process and, and, you know, look at everything that's been going on, which is awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for yeah describing all that. <laughs> Um, I think that'll be really helpful for some people to know. One last thing on the health stuff that I wanted to touch on was, um, you know, like, I guess after surgeries, when you have like metal plates or pins in your body, I've heard that like sound healing might not be a good match for that. Do you agree? Yeah. And that was also in my notes, metal stints in the body. It can cause some, a little bit of uncomfort or pain just because if you think of the way that sound reverberates, um, there is a, a, a sense that it, it might cause a little bit of uncomfort. So just letting them know that should they feel any bodily uncomfort, then to to maybe rethink. But I'm going to just find the notes because I want to make sure that your listeners know yeah. exactly because I did write that down right next to pregnancy. And as well as hearing aids. Um, if you do have a hearing aid, it makes it can kind of sound like a screeching sound um, dependent on where you are in relation to the bowls. So um, they always say take the hearing aids out. Um, you'll still hopefully be able to hear um, some of the sound. And rec- if you're if you if your ears can't hear it, your body still can, which is what's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So metal implants. So um, 
Some have noted discomfort or pain if they have metal pins um, or stainless steel ball joints. So just ask, just asking if anybody does have that, if you are a sound practitioner or being mindful of that as you, um, that you might notice a little pain or discomfort. And um, if it's too much and, you know, no one's going to force you to, to stay during the sound bath, you're more than welcome to, you mean, you have, your, you have sovereignty over your body. If yeah. you need to leave, you can. Um but also, but if if it's something that you can manage, then 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 great, that's great as well. But you can also use um, if you wanted to try sound healing and a sound bath wasn't working for you, using tuning forks at home or a practitioner that likes tuning forks because the tuning forks direct the energy to specific parts of the body. So that's an option. Okay, good idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Have you heard of like severe? Is it tinnitus? Tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's, uh, and it's super, yeah, it, it's becoming more common these days, unfortunately. Um, but so a severe ringing in the ears, it, it isn't in like the notes that I, the medical notes that I researched and found. However, it, I mean, it could be a possibility because the little bones in our ears, if if something has shifted, um, you know, they do move according to the, to the vibration. So it could cause some more ringing in the ears. I don't know if it would be a cure for it. Um, the, I feel like the the nice thing about sound is because it is so gentle, you'll know you know relatively right away if if you're uncomfortable with it or not. And and I'd say because again, it is so gentle, it's it's worth trying for most. Uh, there's a book called Sound Medicine, oh, and it's amazing. I'll show. <laughs> it doesn't have everything in it. Um, but for people who are going to watch this after sound medicine, um, and she is a neuro neurologist, um, who's married to a sound practitioner and she wanted to figure out what, you know, what this is and how it's working. Cause she was seeing the benefits. So a lot of beautiful studies, um, that in, in the book for people that are wanting to know some more of the science behind it. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing book. Yeah. Sound medicine. Um, and there are, there's a, a bunch of great books um out there that that discuss like kind of the science and and the medical side um sound healing so definitely um definitely check those out if you are curious about that kind of stuff for sure we'll move on from the health quickly i would love to talk about like your events that you do you like you said mm-hmm. you have two events a week uh the, i saw on your instagram you always post um your events there you do you were doing one at the salt cave that that's so cool tell yeah. us or like how did you get into events like do you do you prefer doing like in-person sound baths because i know you do online as well yeah so i when i first started I worked at a beautiful studio in Gastown called Zen Den Meditation. Um, Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, And the owners are so amazing. I was hosting like beautiful themed events there, but I wanted to kind of do something larger scale. And I had so many ideas in my head. And like, I was like, ah, like I want to try this. And like, I want to do this. So I started to reach out to different yoga studios and had other yoga, yoga studios reach out to me over the years and, and slowly created relationships with ones that I, I truly loved. So currently I host every month at the Salt Cave in North Vancouver, which is amazing experience because you're getting the benefits of sound in a very tight, like beautifully done area. It's, it's like all Himalayan crystal salts and you get the benefits of halo therapy, which is salt therapy, which is so amazing. So great events in the Salt Cave. And it's a maximum of 12 people. So it's super intimate, which is beautiful as well. And the resonance in that room, because it's all kind of like a, a salt dome is awesome. 
my gosh, a dream. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And so good for the skin. Like the halo therapy is so good for the skin and the lungs. So you're, it's, it's a beautiful place to host a wellness event. Um, and then I, I have paired with little smaller studios like the Serene Space, which is new and, and I think is going to thrive. And then um, one of my favorite places to host is Shavasana in Burnaby. I love that space because um, I collaborate with the owner and we do, it'll be breath work followed by um, a collaboration between myself. So I'll be playing the bowls and she is a psychosomatic spinal attunement facilitator. Uh, so it's a maximum of 10 people. Each person will get 10 minutes of spinal attunement from her while I play the bowls. So beautiful collaborations. There's so many ceremonies that are, that are hosted there, um, plant medicine ceremonies, inner child healing. I do a lot of inner child healing sound baths, a lot of cord cutting sound baths, um, self-love and heart healing. So a lot of events that may have um, deep-rooted traumas from our past and a lot of stuff that focuses on the heart and, and connecting with, with self and with your little self. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are kind of the things that I've been doing a lot of lately. I just booked a, um, a guest spot at a retreat coming in May as well on Bowen Island. So there's lots of fun things coming up now. But <laughs> Lately, yeah. But, you know, yeah, it, it kind of happened like within – like the span of like a month, all of a sudden things just started to really pick up recently. I, I was kind of slowing down because I had started a new relationship and wanted to, you know, give a lot of time to to exploring that. But um, once I let people know, I was like, my foot's back in the door. It seems to have exploded, which is great. And I love keeping busy and and sharing this because the the amount of of warmth and emotion that you feel from hosting a sound bath i'm sure you've felt it too when when they tell you how how beautiful like they feel afterwards there's just nothing more special and like you said earlier like it it truly feels purpose filled like i get so excited to to even just like sit on my computer and like create new offerings like it it truly feels like purpose filled and there's nothing there's nothing better than that to know that you're you're helping people and watch them you know, have those emotional releases and, and leave just so thankful for, for, you know, being, being a part of it. It's, it's lovely. And your energy is lovely too. And it really, (laughs) like I've done this on bath before and, and like your energy is very soft and gentle. And like, I I just felt like I was being held the whole sound bath and like, even before we did the sound bath, we chatted and it's just like, and even after the sound bath, like, I think he sent me like a, a, an email, just she checked in with me and I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> just the sweetest. I felt like just like uh-huh. it really makes a big difference too with the work that you're doing. So yeah. Um, Thank you so much. That's such a beautiful compliment. Thank you. I know you've been doing this for a while, but like when you first started off, did you have any like performance anxiety before when you did your first events? Oh my God. Did I, did I ever? Yes. Um, my very first sound bath, I had a mini panic attack. Uh, and the funniest thing is when I have panic attacks, my mouth freezes up. So like my mouth was like talking like this. And for people who are just listening, only listening, like imagine like tightly squeezed lips together. Like that's how I was talking. And I had to laugh at myself and I told everybody, I apologize, but I, I'm just very nervous. This is my first time. And even now, like ever so often, I'll get nervous. Other times I get, I'm, I'm, you know, come in and I'm like, this is, you know, I do this all the time, but ever so often I still get nervous. But the great, the nice thing is 
and this is, you know, I, I preach a lot about trying to be authentic in, in your offerings. And, and I, I'm honest with people now, like I like, I need to feel grounded when I go into a space. And so I'm super organized. Like I like having notes. Like I told you, like I, I like referring to my notes. And so I let people know ahead of time, Hey guys, like I have my, some notes on my phone. I want to make sure I, I hit everything. And, and just knowing that I, I have the notes in front of me and can refer back to them kind of takes a lot of the anxiety away because a lot of the performance anxiety came from not my ability to play the bowls, but I think the imposter syndrome and a lot of like, oh my God, they're going to know like I'm new, you know, like a lot of there was that fear. And and so having the notes, even to this day, just sitting in front of me, sometimes I don't even need them and, and the conversation just flows. But ever so often I'm like, hang on, let me make sure that I'm explaining this to you properly. It's nice to have. Um, but over time, it, it has gotten a lot better. And making sure that you go into a session grounded is super important, especially and always showing up early because that's when accidents happen. If you show up late and you're rushing to set up your bulls, I know what happens. You, a bull can break. It's the worst thing. And then you're starting anxious. You're starting with that heightened, you know, headspace. So it's nice to make sure that you're, you show up early, everything's set up. You're not rushing so that you have time to ground in. Um, and that makes a huge difference on um, my performance anxiety, which still comes up, but um it was it was a it was a huge thing for the first i'd say two months of me hosting regular sound bass it was tough mm -hmm. those are great tips have notes arrive early like i always <laughs> feel like if people like on zoom it's like it's easy to have notes around but like in person i'm like am i allowed to have a note but like nobody cares at the end of the no. day and that was the thing and that was my my biggest fear before was they're gonna see you looking at your notes mm -hmm. and then i and then i remember like there was one class where like i just forgot what i was saying and i grabbed my phone and i said excuse me let me just refer back to my notes and everybody kind of giggled with me and we laughed together and i was like oh my god nobody care nobody cares that you use notes like nobody nobody cares you know what i mean it's it's awesome. Like it's 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 it shows that you're prepared. It shows that you're human and that you want to do a good job. Like it's to nobody cares if you got notes. So I let people know, hey, I got my notes on my phone. Uh, I just want to make sure I got everything. And and sometimes I don't need them at all, and things will just flow. And but other times you might. So it it does help um, just to have that. And, and I have other sound practitioners that that have their notes printed and they'll keep them kind of in front of them and read as they go. However. Uh, a lot of my spaces that I work in are quite dark, so that hasn't worked out. Um, so it is nice to have the phone just to kind of yeah. uh, make sure I'm on track. Totally. Yeah, me too. I'm a notes girl. And like I did a yoga class the other day and the lady had um, her phone on a stand and she kept looking <laughs> at it. And I was like, what's she looking at? And then I, I was like, oh, she's like looking at the poses, but like also like a permission slip, like you're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't make the class like any less bad. You know what I mean? Like people are just like, oh, I can relate to you, which is yeah. which is the best, you know, being able to to relate to someone and be like, oh, they're showing up as their authentic self like that. People are going to resonate with that more than you trying to be perfect and memorizing a script in your head. You know, I I create new meditations every single class there's no way i'm going to memorize every single minute you know what i mean like I, I can't i mean i could but it would take forever <laughs> um, so I, it's nice to have my meditations on my lap because i want to make sure that that i'm doing a good job and i'm not stopping in the middle to to try to remember a line so yeah i think that that's that's a normal thing and and people people are super forgiving 
Um, and it's nice to to see someone showing up as a human and knowing that we need notes sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So are you you're doing sound therapy full time now? Are you and Reiki? Um, so I I do it mostly full time. I still because I I was working in film prior. I get health benefits through film, so I still want to pop in and keep hours in film to keep my health benefits because I love my naturopath and I love my chiropractor and I you know love getting contact lenses. So I still work in film casually because I do really want to keep um, my benefits going. But um, this is currently my main form of income right now. Yeah. What do you do in film? Uh, so it, lots of people don't know what this is, but I'm a I'm a grep. So it's like uh, total opposite of film. If you see me, and and I I post a lot about this on my social media. The the two sides to myself. Um, I'm like super rough around the edges, and then I'm the sound healer. But a grip is essentially they do the lighting and shaping, or the the shaping and control of the lighting on set, and the movement and placement of the camera. So a lot of um, heavy lifting, building equipment, like building car rigs for cameras to kind of go through and do those crazy shots. So it's, that's definitely my more masculine side. You know, I show up with like a backwards hat and like my tool belt to work and like my hoodie. And then, you know, I show up like this to my sound bass. Like I, that's the Gemini in me. Like I'm very like masculine, feminine size. And I, I have posted a lot about that on, on my Instagram that you don't need to fit into, you know, the idea of what you think a sound healer is. Like if people may not resonate with me fully, but mm-hmm. um, all that do will, will, will really resonate, which is nice. I love that. I, I'm always fascinated by film. I, I always wanted to do um, set deck. Like yeah. <laughs> like every time. I love the behind the scenes. So that's so cool. Yeah. It's cool to see a project come together. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I've, I was working in film for like, like 16 years before this. So I feel like now things like aren't as exciting as they used to be. But yeah. uh, but ever so often, like you'll work with someone really cool and you're like, oh, my God. like you know again (laughs) yeah 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 I feel like we hit a lot of stuff today Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that maybe I didn't ask about or you find that might be important to talk about um I feel like we covered a good portion something may come up tomorrow and I'll be like ah darn but that's that's okay I feel like we did uh we covered a lot for someone that that hasn't done a sound bath before hopefully we'll have a a nice insight of of what to expect going into it and things to look out for um but basically just just knowing that it's something that like i said earlier like for myself when i first got into sound healing and i i discovered it it was my way of realizing that i didn't need to reach for something else i could i could find something to bring into my home and and work on healing myself myself um which created such a a deeper connection with myself and and was honestly the the um catalyst to me learning new modalities to kind of hear my body naturally so that was for people that that are curious about stuff that do suffer from anxiety and and may want a, an alternative method sound healing is beautiful is um and and can be again complementary to whatever else they're doing currently amazing um and then if those people are that are listening who don't live in vancouver and they would like to get sound healing from you you do do you still do online offerings yeah i do so i do um virtual offerings um and it can be 
Reiki and sound included. You can do strictly a sound bath. You can do strictly Reiki healing. And I also offer intuitive guidance with tarot. So basically, um, you get to set your own space at home. You get to light some candles, grab your favorite crystals, grab a cup of tea like I have, hop into bed, put your headphones on, and join from the comfort of your own home. Um, and it's it's beautiful cerebral experience when you get to join from home because it's directly in the ears and you're you're getting all the mental benefits because um, the cilia are still picking up the frequencies whether it's through headphones or not. So if you wanting to join from home and and it's a great place to start as well if you're a little nervous about joining a big space, um, just to be able to join from the comfort of your own home, just put on some headphones and relax and and get an experience as well. Uh, virtual is, is a beautiful choice as well. Amazing. I feel like you'll definitely get a lot of people reaching out to you. <laughs> um, for other practitioners um, like myself, I guess I'm one of them. Um, what advice do you have for people that are like looking to do more events, put themselves out there, um, I guess, connect with like communities or like yoga spaces? Like, I wonder, like, what, what really helped you make that transition? Mm-hmm. I just started sending emails. So I created like an email that I just to be like, hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm a new sound healer in the area. I'm really looking to make a connection with a studio. Would you be open to hosting a sound bath event with me? I would love to collaborate on something with you. Let me know. Thank you. Um, Just creating like a nice little email and finding studios that one that you resonate with. Uh, a good business model would be to to find a studio that has a good following. Um, and then you can also create different offerings. Like maybe they would do a ticket split. If you do a ticket split with a yoga studio, um, that means that they're probably going to be promoting the service with you, which is great, especially if you're starting off and you don't have a big following. Finding a yoga studio that maybe does like a 60-40 split or a 50-50 split. Um, even though you're splitting the ticket sales, you may get more sales just because you're getting their followers um, and promotions. So that's one way of doing it. And there's a lot of studios that are looking to incorporate sound bath right now. As well, there are other studios that you can simply rent out. Um, the Salt Cave is one of them. So if you are like, I just want to go in, I just want to try this, you can rent out the um, the Salt Cave or they also do ticket splits as well. And just try it out. And just honestly, the the only way to do it is just just going and doing one. You know what I mean? And maybe you only offer the service to 10 people for your first one, because maybe that's all that you can emotionally manage in the meantime, you know, or five people. Maybe you want to start off small, but just just going out there, booking one event at, at a studio and just seeing what happens. Um, you can also try renting a cheaper studio, um, even the Serenity Space currently. If you do a 60-40 split with them, um, you can even offer uh, um, your your first sound bath by donation, which helps bring a lot of people in. It gets you that exposure. So doing um, doing sound baths for donation-based tickets is a great, it's a great way to get in there as well because then you know, you're offering at a lower price point. Um, and some people honestly will, will, will give you, you know, a beautiful donation, um, as well. So just getting your foot in the door, starting to reach out to different, uh, yoga studios. The only thing to be mindful of with those yoga studios is making sure that they're relatively quiet. Um, my first, one of my first events was at a yoga studio that was right on a street next to a light and it was just cars honking. And I was like, okay, lesson learned. 
Yeah. You know, but that's, those are things that you learn. So just taking a look at the yoga studio, making sure they, they're relatively quiet and are a great space for hosting a sound bath. I'm obviously pushing the Serenity space hard just because I love the studio. And, and if you don't have uh, that many bowls yet, they have bowls to use. They do a ticket split um, service, which means you can offer donation and you're not losing money opposed to renting something out and you can't sell tickets. And you're like, oh my God, I, you know, I spent all this money on renting. So trying to find a studio that does a ticket split and then offering donation base. And, and normally you'll get a, a, a broader audience by doing so. And then, and then that expands your, your audience. So yeah. that's a great way to start. Yeah. More eyeballs on you, the better. <laughs> yeah. And, and the beginning. And then, you know, slowly as you start building your following, um, you can start renting out different spaces. You can create collaborations with more studios until you find the right ones that truly resonate. But even expanding over different um, areas, like I host, in Coquitlam, I host in Burnaby, I host in Yaletown, I ho- you know, just expanding yeah. the horizon. I wanted to quickly say I attended this sound bath um, a couple of months ago, and it was my first sound bath that they didn't actually have the crystal bowls. There was two guys, one was playing a guitar. Oh, one was playing like, you know, those like musical keys. Yes, the uh, uh, harmonium. Harmonium. Yeah, there was like bird yeah. sounds and waterfalls, and he had like speakers on as he played the keys. It was really beautiful. Oh, oh, oh like an actual like keyboard with oh, that's lovely. You see, like there's so many different things out, and that's also nice to do if you're just starting out. Is check out other sound baths, see what other people are doing, see what they're offering. Are they offering tea? Are they are they um, offering a snack? Do they have yoga mats provided? Like all that stuff is like is good things to check out to see kind of what you want your offerings to look like. Um, but that's really cute. I love that idea. I'm gonna have to look them up. That's such a beautiful addition. It was so cool. I'm like, this is yeah. me. I guess I guess sound bath doesn't have to be the bowls. It could be anything that has music and sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad yeah. I can't sing. <laughs> Too bad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of throat singing sound baths as well, which I haven't checked out yet. But uh, Sound Quest, Mike, um, he does some throat singing in his, and he's he's a beautiful, um, beautiful practitioner. has has great. Um, he, he plays all the things. I think he I think he has a didgeridoo. He's got the harmonium sample gong and then he uses his vocals so that's okay. that's a fun well-rounded session to attend which is great yeah they're also different you have time for a quick rapid fire <laughs> oh my god now i'm now i'm nervous now the performance anxiety is going up okay <laughs> first question what is your sun moon and rising sun gemini my moon is pisces my rising is capricorn which i think fits uh very well yeah that's a good mix um, if you can incarnate as any animal, which animal would you choose? Uh, you know what? I didn't know, but I just saw face of a wolf pop up when you asked. So that seems to be one of the... <laughs> what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is your favorite way to start your day and to end your day? I'm a huge coffee nerd. I love a really good espresso cappuccino. Um, so starting my morning with that and journaling, which I have on my table, which I call a, a brain dump just to get thoughts out of head on the page. Um, and what was the second half of the question? Um, and the favorite part to end the day. Yeah. Uh, a nice cup. I'm, I'm a big liquids fan, apparently. Uh, ashwagandha tea, which is amazing for relaxing the body um, and reading. Yeah. Where do you get that tea? Ashwagandha tea. Uh, I ordered it from... Um, um, I ordered it from Amazon. It's lovely. Very earthy, very, very earthy tea, but gosh, does it relax the body. So it's 
I need that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Have if you're familiar with The Bachelorette, I am, but I haven't watched it in a few years. That's okay. But I'm just asking, what would your limo entrance be if on the first mm. night? Um, it there there would have to be some kind of joke in there, just because that that's that's my personality. Like I'm, if you follow my personal page, I'm always pranking my mom. It's like if you like, I'm I'm I love jokes, I love pranks. So there would have to be some joke in there. Um, but I'm also romantic too, so I, I there would have to I would have to finish off with some kind of romantic quote or or you know a nice like can't can't wait to get to know you kind of thing. But there would have to be some kind of joke or prank. Would you dress up like very romantically or more like? I think I'd be bringing a prop. Like I'd be bringing some kind of prop to make him laugh, and then finishing with like a giggle and can't wait to get to know you inside kind of thing. I could just imagine. I just I don't know why I'm getting a vision holding a rose. Maybe you're gonna get the first impression. Yeah, yeah. Or just give yeah, give him the rose and be like, give me yeah, something something funny, something quirky, funny that'll make him laugh. Um, but also like let him know that like I am serious about this as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. From the roads and be like, you got to give it back to me later. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, okay, great that you love pranks because the next question is, <laughs> what is the best prank that you've ever played on somebody or somebody played on you? Oh, no, this, there's, you know, there's, there's so many. Um, but, but a while ago, this was so mean. A while ago when I was working in film, um, I, I don't know if you guys know what zap straps are, um, but, all of the guys backpacks I, I compiled into a pile so all the guys that I work with and I zap strapped all their backpacks together and then I zap strapped all of their um zippers together so they couldn't get into their backpacks to get their knives to cut the backpacks apart so they were like okay we're wrapped and we were all getting ready to leave they all picked up their backpacks and were like oh like they couldn't separate their backpacks uh-huh. and I did it so tight that they couldn't undo the zap straps and i was like a oh, bye and i looked and they were all standing there trying to rip their backpacks apart it was so it was you probably had to have been there but that was a good one and the good. best one played on me was the following week they put a piece of fishing um fishing line to my backpack and tied the other side of the fishing line to uh, a post on set so i couldn't see it so I put my backpack on and they they all run ahead and like, come on, Steph, the shuttle's leaving. And I start running with my backpack on. The cable like comes to a taut and I go flying up in the air and land on my back. So so many pranks in film. Yeah. But that's that's that heavy, like masculine, like playful side that I have. Um, which which honestly I love about myself. But those were the two that came to mind. Those are good. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite book or podcast? My favorite podcast currently is the Rich Roll podcast. I love all the health um, experts. Um, I also love Armchair Expert because I love Dax Shepard and I love his healing uh, and emotional journey. My favorite book, The Surrender Experience, was amazing. Have you read it? Yeah. That, that, that was a huge catalyst to help me let go of a lot of things like in my life. I just feel like just letting just letting things be you know let them be and then um one that sparked my my healing and and wellness journey was called super life by darren oline um and that one is just like a a how to create a superhuman out of your body so basically like he basically says um 
that everybody is given a Ferrari, but if you fuel it with regular oil, it's going to stop working. So he basically teaches you how to how to properly heal the body. So that was that was my my recent favorites. Oh, amazing! That sounds interesting. I have, <laughs> I have my eye on a book behind you that yeah. I've been looking for for so yeah. long. The Italy book. But which one? The oh, Italy. the top one. Oh my God! You can you can take it. I'm I'm done with it. I I went to Italy and then came back. Yeah, you can. T- I'll give it to you. Yeah, that's yours. First thing I saw when you popped on the screen. That's I was so like, funny. That one up top. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah, that's yours. If yeah, we'll have to meet up and I'll give it to you because I'm I've been I've been and come back. I'm all I'm home now. <laughs> but you like good expression espresso. <laughs> oh my! You know what? Like uh, obsessed. I'm just obsessed with cappuccinos and espressos and like a good one. And I I make it at home every morning and it's just chef's kiss in Italian. <laughs> yeah yeah no they have these little libraries in the area and i found one for paris i'm like oh yeah. all, I, all i need now is in italy because those are <laughs> that we're going <laughs> yeah yeah that, you can have that one if you want amazing <laughs> okay just two more questions yeah. um wh- what's the last thing that you googled garden larva granville street no uh noah centineo was the uh he's the actor that i'm working with on my movie Oh. That was I googled. Nothing exciting. What was it before that? We need yeah. some tea here. I know. I'm just like, there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing cool here. Just <laughs> Centineo, the feminine side of the body, and then it's. It, uh, what does blood work show? <laughs> That's okay. No, 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 yeah, nothing's exciting on my Google list. Apparently, I, I wish I had more. <laughs> I use Google just to learn. I'll be like, I don't know anything. Uh, Let me deep dive. Um, I yeah, I I haven't been very active on Google. I guess nothing exciting. Um, okay, what is the best advice you've ever received? Um, that life is not happening to me; it's happening for me. And I think that was like the best lesson in in a lot of like the health issues that I've had and and breakups and losing and losing people out of my life and it's always you know of of course we can always find the bad things in everything but if you stop and say life is happening for me you can find the lesson in everything that happens Mm -hmm. um and then and then use every hardship every trauma as 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 a way to learn and to grow to be better so that was some i'd almost felt like like hard you know, like they were being hard on me at the time. And I was like, well, what do you know? You know, but like the more I thought about it, I was just like, oh yeah, you're so right. And and now when should, should something happen, it's almost like, how is this happening for me? What can I take away from this? Good or bad, you know? That's one of my favorites too. And it's, it's, I think we start to build trust in that after a few experiences where we mm-hmm. realized that it was happening for us. And then, <laughs> yeah. then it might be easier bringing it forward for the next time that you remember you're like okay it's probably happening for me this time yeah there's always lessons in in every even every trauma every bad experience and that's what makes us grow that's what you know gives us depth as a human so uh, when we're cognizant of the things that are happening for us it's it's a good way to um use those things to help just expand our consciousness and and make us into you know high vibe people <laughs> that's why we're here right we, we, yeah. we're in earth school we're here to learn yeah yeah you, we're all uh spiritual beings having the human experience you know yeah 
Yeah. Let's leave on a lighter note. What is your last meal that you would have on your on your death row? Spaghetti. Spaghetti with I call it my no harmigiano uh vegan cheese. Okay. Uh, hands down. And there would have to be some kind of dessert in there. And currently I'm really into shortbread cookies. So mm. spaghetti and a shortbread cookie. I do like a glass of red wine, but I f- don't know should I if I was on death row, I don't know if I would want to I feel like I'd want to be fully present. Um, so I, I like water and lemon, a nice cold water and lemon. I love water. But and are, are you vegan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where do you get your shortbread cookies? Do you make them? No, they're, they're so I and this is why I keep gaining weight. I live above a vegan restaurant. It's directly below me. They currently have pistachios. My mouth's watering. They currently <laughs> have pistachio shortbread cookies that are half dipped in chocolate. And they're so good. Um, yeah, the whole, the whole, of course, like I live directly above a vegan restaurant. It's just like spend, take my money. But I, I also do like, I do a lot of baking of like vegan pies and, and stuff. But when it's right below you, you know, I'm uh, vegan as well. And shortbreads are my favorite, but I only, well, actually, I might know where you live now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Port Moody, right above the Coconut Well. <laughs> oh, you're in Port Moody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was thinking of the best shortbread, but I think they only make it during December. Um, it's um, to live for at the bakery in East Bend. Yeah. Oh my God. There's is so good. It's Other than so that, I haven't good. found a good shortbread at all. They, well, the plate, so Kokomo downstairs gets theirs from turf in Kitsilano. So if you want to try that shortbread cookie, turf. Turf. Okay. Uh, yeah. Are you vegan too? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, hello. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Yeah, okay, they have they have them at Turf currently, and they're just pistachio shortbread cookies, and they're half dipped in chocolate, and they're just mm. they're yeah. They're I tried just, making shortbread at the house, and it's like not good. Yeah, it's so hard to get a good shortbread, you know. So, but I love I love to live fours, and I love how they're in like the stick version too. Now my mouth's watering. Um, yeah, but but turf has got some great ones currently, and and they're still they're still making them. They were supposed to be just for Christmas, but they're still making them. So awesome! Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. I think a lot of people are going to be very curious if they haven't been to a sound bath, and they're, I feel like they are going to want to see if there's any in their local area or connect with you online. There's lots of options there. Um, but yeah, thank you kind of for kind of going through everything. I feel like we hit everything and more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. This was like, this was something that I, like speaking can make me nervous. So um, thank you for taking me out of my box and for sharing um, in this sacred virtual space with me and i i appreciate the invite and i i'm feel truly honored to um to 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 be here with you today no oh, thank you yeah i'm excited and i want to i definitely want to go to one of your events uh, in person yeah. on the day. <laughs> yeah keep checking your page do you have a website or instagram that people can follow and check out yeah so my instagram is just at herbs and waves um, and my website is www.herbsandwaves.com. Herbs, like the I make essential oils. I always have to clarify what it was like herbs. Um, and then waves sound waves. So herbs and waves. Beautiful. Yes. I was going to talk about the herbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, have a good rest of your day. You too. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. If you like this episode, don't forget to give it a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps me out and helps other people find this podcast. 